Hi, and thank you for listening to the Mind Affinity podcast. It's great to have you back. Hopefully you've already checked out part one of my chat with Nathan Eves. If not, you might want to head back and check that out now. Uh, but while you're here, why not listen to this? <laughs> I tend to re-record the intros, can you tell? The mind is capable of amazing things, and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. Nathan, hi. Uh, thank you for carrying on this conversation with me. Uh, it was great chatting to you in part one. Uh, I look forward to what part two has to offer. So we were talking about all sorts of things really in part one, but a key part of it was building up on those foundations, getting the muscle memory in place in the skateboarding analogy that we were talking about, but but getting those basics right. Has there been a time where you've you've rushed into something or gone into something and not got those basics right, and as a result, uh, had to learn some lessons rather sharply? And and would you share one with us? Yeah, oh, there's quite a few. Um, <laughs> I'm quite impulsive, actually. Um, I could go down quite a few routes with that one in business and in life. If I go, went down the life one, I like tinkering with cars. And um, I'm not an engineer in any way, shape or form, but I, I see myself as a, a thought process of an engineer. If it mm -hmm. doesn't work, try and fix it. If it doesn't work, then try and fix it again. If it doesn't work, then scrap it. Um, so with cars, I've, I've, I've always been that way. Um, and I like tinkering with cars, taking an engine out, what happens now? how to put it back in <laughs> what's this part for um mm. but as an example for rushing it into something um in 2013 i bought a bakery um now that was rushing into it completely mm. um everybody's got that childhood dream haven't they i want to do this when i grow up and somewhere inside most people that i've spoken to running a cafe or a bakery or a candlestick shop or something like that has always been a oh that'll be interesting i'd like to do that well that became an opportunity um so we we purchased the equipment uh, that was in the um just up the road from us um it was in a unit and the guys that ran it before gave us three months training um, to be able to continue running it so it was just like a done deal yeah. and that ended up with a four-year battle of how do we run this business how do we grow this business how do, and I, I knew nothing about bakeries I knew nothing about how to make bread or uh, pastries or anything like that so that was a huge learning curve going around trying to find out everything that I needed to find out it was also the first time that I'd employed people so I had to learn that side of it on, on the business level. This is the first time I'd um, actually got involved in business as a, an actual entity that turned over more than £10 a day. Um, so it was, it was a sense of a lot of lessons in a very, very short amount of time that if went wrong, could have been quite drastic. Mm. It was good. It was very good. What's been the hardest lesson, either of that experience or, or in life in general, what's been the hardest lesson for you to learn? You know, that lesson that keeps coming back and reminding you that you've not quite learned it yet. <laughs> People. Mm -hmm. People are the biggest lesson that you can ever learn. Um, it took me a while to learn that everybody, everybody would, would like to think that you can exchange money for time 
if you employ somebody, you get more productive in that day for what you could have done on your own. The big problem there is finding the right people to have around you to do that. Um, so you can learn a lot about people. You can learn the NLP on who's lying, who's not lying. You can find out all sorts of things like that. But at the end of the day, until it's run its course, you don't actually know. And that's the hardest part for me. I trust people explicitly. I um, am a very easy person to gain trust from. Um, I always think that people have everybody's best interest at heart. I am completely wrong, but I don't care. I still believe everybody else has everybody else's best interest at heart. Isn't it a nice thing to be wrong about, though? I, I mean, that, that may sound a bit perverse, but to me, I'd much rather... As, great example of this actually recently uh just the other day i i commented on something on facebook um there was my first error um but uh, yeah I, I i commented on something on facebook um basically it was uh someone was promoting a network marketing business that they that they'd started um and uh as soon as she promoted it she got a lot of um should we say resistance from this particular Facebook group, which is not uncommon. And I get why, because there are some people in the network marketing industry um, who have a very interesting approach to uh, trying to sell their stuff. And this person had made the usual mistake or what I consider to be a mistake of, of being guarded and not admitting, not saying what the company was or anything in the post and just saying, Oh, I've got an opportunity. Um, and in this particular Facebook group, that gets seen time and time and time again. And I responded quite politely and nicely saying, um, you, may not, you may find that you don't get the best response from that approach in this group. Um, if you're, tell us what you do, be proud of the business that you work for. Otherwise, people will assume that you've got a reason not to be. Um, and the, the lady in question actually messaged me afterwards and, and sort of said, wow, I wasn't expecting that kind of response talking about the other people. Um, and, and thank you to me for being nice, um, basically. Uh, and I, I didn't think anything more of it, uh, other than, you know, we had a bit of a chat, but then someone else commented, um, who was defending her as well. But what I didn't realize, because I just assumed that this guy was being nice, what I didn't realize is that he was actually questioning me and um, uh, basically, well, uh, accusing me of, of picking on her and bullying her um, from, I think he had just kind of misunderstood some of the wording of my, my point or something. But I know it came across right to her because I'd had a conversation with her about it and yes. it was taken absolutely the right way. Um, and it, and I replied to him continuing the conversation, not still not realizing that he was actually um, Looking critis at criticizing me. Um, and it wasn't until I had uh, two or three um, friends of mine uh, who were also in that group that jumped on to defend me uh, and said to this guy, have you ever met Duncan? Because I think you're completely misunderstanding what he meant. Da, da, da. Um, and it wasn't until they came in to defend me that I even realized that he was criticizing me. Um, yeah. Now, maybe that was me 
maybe it was too late at night and I shouldn't have been on Facebook. Um, but, but um, you know, I, I would still rather make that mistake a thousand times over and assume that someone doesn't have a problem with me and then go, oh, they did? Okay, well, never mind. I still treated them nice. Um, then assume someone has a problem, make a big deal of it. And actually it was my misinterpretation as it was with him, for example, almost, um, my misinterpretation of something that led to conflict and frustration and whatever else that just didn't need to be there. Absolutely. You know, if you've got a goal of a social media, that sort of stuff wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably very true. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if that is necessarily true. If you take the goal as on social media, you want to connect with people positively, no matter what, and say that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Then when anybody mentions anything on anything that you've put a comment on, then that goal comes into play. So whatever message comes up or comment or anything, it's to be courteous. If you want to be kind to people, courteous is one of the basics for being kind mm -hmm. thank you for your comment or thank you for um continuing this conversation type thing thank the gratitude of that um but then you'll be able to see it for what it is rather than because i'm a great believer that if somebody doesn't like something that's been said if you are kind back they hate it <laughs> also just to be clear this this person that commented i know him um oh. we have met before oh. he wasn't he wasn't um, though, yes, he was criticizing um, me, it wasn't, or I certainly still don't see it as having been malicious or, or mean or, uh, you know, I, 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 I believe, genuinely believe that he was trying to defend the original poster. Um, and despite nobody else having misinterpreted my comment, there was obviously something about it that resonated the wrong way with him. Um, and and he took offense to it where none was intended or perceived by anyone else for that matter either so so my oh, comment was sorry sorry i got it wrong i thought you meant that it was somebody like completely stranger saying oi duncan <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and, and i mean if you didn't know either of us you could very easily see it that way from looking at the comments oh. as well um but but no and and like it it, it was all i i sent a message back or comment back to him uh, like saying i'm sorry i completely misunderstood where you were coming from um yeah these two above are right i didn't mean it that way at all um <laughs> i'm i like absolutely support this person i just was trying to give her some some help um which she appreciated so yeah it's it's, it's interesting isn't it that's it just speaks to how I think I was saying this at the beginning of part one, we all have our own filters, we all have our own experiences and our own beliefs, and we bring them to the table intentionally or otherwise in, in every situation. So for, for that person, I nearly said the name then, I'm being careful not to because I don't want people to misunderstand uh, and, and think that he was being mean because he really, I, don't, I genuinely don't think he meant that. Um, but yeah, so in that situation, for example, he's brought his expectations and preconceptions to the table 
And that's led him to interpret that in a way it absolutely wasn't intended. Now, if my preconceptions and expectations are that everyone's a nice person, really, which I do genuinely believe, then it's much easier for me to, I kind of, I, I, I do the best I can to try and control for and be aware of my biases, but I'm human. We all are. We all have these biases. We all perceive things based on our interpretation. Um, for me personally, isn't it better that that interpretation is wrong because I think everyone's nice than the other way around? Absolutely. Well, actually, let's analyse that because it's quite key on, on, on what I said about people. You can trust people and they've got the best people. They've got everybody's best interest at heart. Um, but as you've just said, there's, there's things in there that change that. Um, so let's analyse it. You look at somebody, let's, let's take um, really stereotypical for this analysis um, let's take an old lady at a supermarket that's struggling to reach the top shelf for the cereals that she wants three people walk past one might help her might help her now if everybody's out there trying to be kind and courteous about other people and, and help other people then three out of three would help her i disagree that's what i'm trying to say okay um, those three people one might be disabled so can't help but because I only said three people, it doesn't mean to say that they were three able people. One might be completely oblivious to what's going on because they're on the phone having an argument with their partner. And really, it doesn't matter where they are, they're not paying attention. If a bus was coming, it would be exactly the same. They'd be oblivious. So the fact that one person out of three helped them is actually really good statistics because actually people have their own lives and they're engrossed by their lives. Mm. But then let's flip that. Let's take a criminal that's doing a life sentence in a prison. Should they be looked down upon? Yes, for their actions that they have been caught for doing, if they have been caught for doing them and they have proven to be guilty, because I'm not saying that everybody in prison is guilty. However, they've still got loved ones. They've still got people that look up to them. They've still got people that actually care about them. So, Yes, I believe people are all kind and courteous. I just also think that emotions screw us up because it's the emotions that, are, that I believe will handle any outcome. So for anything that happens and emotions involved, for a, a reaction, there has to be an action. But for a reaction, there needs to be emotion involved. For an action, there needs to be emotion involved. Because if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. If I do want to do it, I want to do it. So what then makes you that emotion to create that? Whether I'm an old lady trying to reach the cereals or if I'm, a, a, I'm in prison for doing something that I shouldn't have done. doesn't matter either way. Both of them do right and wrong. And this is why I like pushing the boundaries. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm very legal with the boundary pushing. But with every... You're just saying that because this is being broadcast. <laughs> be recorded i've got to be careful no honestly um i am very uh, binary it is black or white to me um it's either legal or not legal it's either um good or bad it, it, I, I am very binary but in that binary there is a big gray area i think pushing boundaries educates me on that gray area what is that gray area how big is that gray area is that gray actually black is that gray actually white until you start pushing that boundary that little bit, you don't know. And 
because I'm a boundary pusher and I'm, I'm open to say that I'm a boundary pusher, that also goes with confidence. If I don't have the confidence to do something, I blame the fact that I push boundaries. It helps my confidence. I'm a salesman. I hate picking up the phone. Everybody hates picking up the phone. But my boundaries that I like to push steer me towards picking up the phone. If somebody has been really horrible on the phone to me and they slam it down or they tell me that they're going to come and haunt me for the rest of their life when they um, kick the bucket or whatever, the next call is actually what makes me sane. I can't give up at that call because if I did give up on that call, I wouldn't get paid. And it's the same with everybody else. If you don't get up for work, you don't get paid. It's everything is about an emotion and it's the emotion that changes people. And you can have a deal with somebody a set in stone deal. But if an emotion changes just a little bit, that deal is corrupt. It's gone. It's disappeared. And that's what my lesson from, from what I've learned from people as I've been living that even the kindest, most sincere people have emotion, which also means that you can get screwed over. Because in business, you've got to take that emotion out of it. And it's taken me a long time to learn that, that what emotion can be and what emotion can't be. I used to have a little wheel that was an emotion wheel and it set everything in place. Depending on what was happening, it would always, in, 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 basically that would happen, then an emotion, then that would happen, then an emotion, then that would happen. Then that, I can't find it anywhere and I can't remember what it was. I'd, I'd love to find it. That sounds interesting. So I I agree. Emotion, we are emotional beings. It plays a huge part. And again, going back to what I was saying before, even if we're not aware of how huge a part it's playing, it's playing yeah. it, um, which is where the power really lies as well. Um, but I think I think there's an element of oversimplification there as well. Not that emotion is simple because it's not, it's so complex. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think, and, and this is probably off tangent from what you were actually, the point that you were making, but because you used that example of the prisoner and the old lady, I think it's also important to recognize that there is, there is a difference in logic as well. It's not just emotion. So, a great example of this is I know people and I personally could not disagree more, but I know people who consider it's perfectly acceptable to cheat on their partner. Now that absolutely doesn't sit right with me. To me, that is wrong, but who am I to enforce my moral op opinion and beliefs on other people? I know a couple where both individual parties of that couple have gone off and cheated and done other things. Um, and they both say, well, you know, that's just what people do in a relationship and they're both okay with it. Great. I would not be in a relationship with either of those two people, but they both accept that that's the way things are. So it works for them. Great. Brilliant. Yeah. Just because I would consider it, morally corrupt for me to act that way doesn't mean it's my place to judge and decide what's morally acceptable for someone else to do absolutely you can only go by your compass yeah and it's not easy um but i where wherever i can i like to 
make an effort to not judge other people by my standards. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be very easy for me to talk about that example that I just gave saying that I have a higher moral standard than these people. No, it's not higher. It's just different. It's personal. Equally, there are other people out there that think the idea of sex before marriage is going to send you straight to hell. Um, it, like, and that's okay for those people. Great. I don't subscribe to that. To them, I have a low moral standard. Like, how could I, how could I live with myself for acting in that way? To, to some people who have those beliefs, it's not, the emotions play a huge part, but those emotions are often driven by our personal experiences, beliefs, and perceptions, those filters that we see things through. It might be a respect thing, though. Your moral compass is um, incorporating respect for yourself and for other people. Oh, absolutely. People that you know that have um, both um, cheated on one another, they might still have the same amount of respect as you, but the outcome's different. For argument's sakes, that um, I, I know a couple that are actually closer now that one of or both of them strayed they needed that to learn that lesson. Yeah. I'm not saying that you need to go out and learn lessons, everybody. I'm, I'm not advertising. <laughs> Duncan, I'm, I'm very much married once. You don't get married more than once. Personally, I'm not saying anybody else should be like, shouldn't, shouldn't. I'm just saying for me, for, for, for success in my life, I only want to get married once without a divorce. So I can't cheat. I, I can't even think about that because my success would then dwindle out of out of it. So that's how I'd see it. And that's not respect for me. That's respect for my wife. That's respect for my life and respect for our life. And I think that's what, what I'm trying to get to with that comment that you've just made is I think that the, the results of people's lives are all different, but we all have the same understanding of what we want out of it. And that map could be messy, but I think a res respect is, is one of the underlying pins that hold us up, depending on the respect that we have for ourselves for to then give to other people. Because you can't give what you haven't got. You can't pour from an empty cup, for argument's mm. sake. Oh, absolutely. If you've got no respect yourself, you can't then respect other people. Have I got lots of respect? I'd, I, I'd like to think so, yes. I don't think my cup is full but then I wouldn't expect everybody else's to be full in comparison. Um, whereas honesty is a big one for me. So for you, cheating is wrong. And I, I'm with you on that because to me, honesty is key. I think my, my glass is full for honesty completely, which is where I get tripped up on when people deviate from a deal or deviate from a conversation or deviate from um, a previous promise because honesty to me is, is a core foundation. Hmm. And that to me means that I need to give everybody the amount of honesty that I have. And we are wrong doing that, completely wrong. And a, a big one is um, my, my wife kicks me a lot because when we watch programs or films or anything and something comes on TV that I don't like, I don't watch. And that can involve a lot of things. Um, one of the big ones is um, same sex together. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I, in fact, um, one of my best men um, for, the, for my wedding is, um, is gay and his partner obviously is, is, is gay. doesn't bother me. I just don't like to see it. But I didn't realise this until 
I don't know. I don't like seeing it when it's straight, when it when it's male and female, when it's you know the James Bond films, and you've got the oh. really hot girl, and and he, it's a different one every time. I, I can't bear to watch that. It doesn't interest me. It doesn't 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 swing my boat if that's the the saying. Um, it's it's not something for me so i don't watch and we have quite debated conversations about it because i'm judging them what why don't you want to see it why don't you what what is it what what's it about like i'd much prefer to look at the cars much prefer mm-hmm. to be looking at the uh, the running and the punching and the did you see that that punch didn't actually contact uh, that sort of <laughs> thing in a film or a program than than to see other things and i think that's not a moral compass that's just a a, a personal thing it's just I don't know, I'd prefer not to watch it. And for a long time, I was judged because I didn't like to see it. But now she started to understand that it's not just one particular thing that I don't like, it's any of that particular thing that I don't like. Hmm. You you mentioned, uh, jumping slightly back in the conversation, and I am aware that we don't have a lot of time left, um, but you mentioned uh, success and how the idea for you to consider your life to have been successful means having one successful marriage um i just want to pick up on that because i'm not in any way questioning whether that's right or wrong it's right for you and that's brilliant but i know that there's going to be some people listening and i just want to share some thoughts that i've got around that for those others which is that success is different to everyone and i think it's really important to find your own definition of success but not only that but success and your idea your individual idea of success also changes your beliefs and experience also change. And that's a good thing. Like you can be really passionately, deeply in belief of a certain thing and completely change your mind. And that's fine. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. It means you've grown. We've grown in whatever direction works for you, but you've changed and that's okay. So the reason I bring this up as a specific example is that I know someone who considered their, well, you know, my, my partner is a coach who specializes in helping people who's re, who have recently separated or become single. Um, and so it's something she works with a lot. It's not a failed marriage. If you've been successfully married for, I don't know, let's say 10 years, and you've got kids which have grown up well-adjusted and happy, and you've done a great job, That to me sounds like a successful marriage. Yeah, it sucks that it's no longer working. And it's up being outgrown. Yeah. And with you, I completely agree with your idea and ideal of of wanting it to be a one-time thing that lasts forever. That's great. Like that's the image and idea that I have of marriage in my head. And for me too. Not always reality though, is it? Exactly. And so if you end up in a place 10 years down the line, and, and, and again, please, I'm not suggesting that you should split up with your wife in 10 years. Um, <laughs> but if, if you were to end up in a place 10 years down the line where actually it just wasn't working anymore and it was doing more harm than good to both of you or to your daughter or whatever, wouldn't then I'm sure you would change your idea of what it wouldn't happen to you, of course. But if that were somehow hypothetically to happen, you would change your idea of what success is because you would have learned, developed, grown, uh, had to accept other realities into your life that you hadn't anticipated and, and weren't prepared for. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Um, in fact, every, um, I'd, I'd say six months to seven months, um, well, every day I go through my goals. Um, but whenever I change goals, it tends to be six or seven months because I have to, like a tattoo for me, because I know a lot of people are different. I, I understand that. A tattoo to mm-hmm. me, I'll design it. If I like it, I'll put it somewhere I'm going to see it every day mirrored in the bathroom or um on my dash in the car not at the moment because we're not allowed out um but but prominent so i see it quite a lot and three months i'll put a timer on my a, a reminder on my phone in three months time if i still like it i'll get it as a tattoo if i don't i won't so it's the same with my goals if i think that they need to change i won't just change them there and then unless it needs to be changed there and then so i'll change the goal in time and i might even write a new goal and put it next to that original goal to see if i do want it changing because to me you you can change a goal quite easily and then you just end up going around in circles because you keep going round and round and round the idea of of changing your goals um but i have a relationship goal i have a um i call it a famille goal because it's it's my family goal um so for for me what is successful is, is keeping true to that goal. Now, if I do everything to keep true to that goal, then I will be married for the rest of my life. However, that doesn't incorporate things that could happen that I haven't accounted for. Hmm. A car accident, that's not in a goal, but it can happen. Um, I don't know, we, we flooded the other week. Um, that, that sort of pressure on a family is huge. That wasn't in the goal, that... that, that isn't a strategy in that goal. So the, the goals always need to have reality in mind. I know a lot of people's goal is to make 10 million next year or this year. That's a really good goal to have, but what's the reality of making that true? Are you going to start making that, what is it, 25,000 pound a week to do that this week? No, well, it's not gonna happen in the next year then. So it's that reality thing. So. A goal is then broken down into targets. So if you're hitting your targets, you should be able to hit your goal. Now, what's the target? I've just mentioned the 25K for this week. That would be a target. So for my, my family, the, the targets to make a smile occasionally. It sounds stupid, but sometimes we do need reminding of these things that every day becomes a habit. Habit becomes unnoticed. I never want my life to go unnoticed. So why would I want my, my, my family life to go unnoticed? So it's there as a goal to, to, to and I, I look at it every day to see what I need to be doing. Harry's a big one of my goals, what I want to be doing with her as she grows up, um, what sort of things I wanted to get her exposed to, how I'm going to get her exposed to those things. I don't have the money to expose her to horses, ice skating, um, football, and all these other things, to, 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 especially at the moment with coronavirus, um, lockdowns and everything. I haven't got the, the the capital to be able to throw at a child who might not enjoy any of it. What I know is I've just got to give her exposure to that. YouTube's amazing for that. My daughter doesn't like her hair being touched. So we watch a video of a girl playing with her hair. She loves her hair being touched. It's like magic. It's brilliant. But without these things to, to push me, to, to egg me on, I know that I become very stagnant. And I hate the feeling of being stagnant. I hate that feeling of sitting and thinking, what shall I do? I can't stand that question. What shall I do? I need to know four or five moves in advance. That's not a chess thing. That's just a, 
I know that today I've got X, Y, and Z to do. If I don't do X, Y, and Z, I haven't failed. I've just not accomplished what I've set out to accomplish because that's not a failure to miss it. It's a reality to miss it. And you're also allowed a day off. You're also allowed to do certain things. Today, I had, you're in my schedule, so I couldn't miss this. Definitely couldn't miss this. Thank you. The scaffolding's coming down tomorrow for the house. So I needed to paint the um, the cedar that's up, put another, uh, the last coat of uh, what's it on, which I'm falling short on, which is not a problem. I've, I've got this evening to, to finish that off. But you know, I've been doing that wasn't in my goals. I've made an Olaf, a snow <laughs> Olaf. And nice. it's like like my height. That wasn't in my goals, but you know what? It was immense. I've had so much fun doing it. And my daughter's probably going to love it or hate it. I enjoyed <laughs> doing it. But it's things like that that's not in the goal, but it's still done. It's still accomplished, which means today's not a failure at all. Even if I don't get the cedar finished today, which is one of the big goals that I've got for today, even if I don't get that finished, I've had a bloody good day. How can that be a failure? Beautiful. Excellent. Okay, so that's nearly all the time we've got. So in like one sentence, <laughs> if you could sum up, uh, if, if you had the opportunity right now to speak to the entire world, what one thing would you share with the world? If you don't know it, trust that somebody else does and ask them. Boom. I like that. Love it. And we won't even talk any more on it. We'll just leave it there. So on that bombshell, thanks everyone for listening. And Nathan, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Speak to you again soon. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Mind Affinity podcast. If you've enjoyed this and you want more, then head to mindaffinity.co.uk. Or if you're on Facebook, why not search for the group Empower Yourself and Others. Be part of a positive, supportive community online. Thank you for listening.